This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with two full-blown kids. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a toddler. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, protecting our kids' confidence with lies. Plus, Biz and Teresa are excited about our trip. And we welcome back Janet Stickman to talk about her new book, to Black Parents Visiting Earth. Woo! Teresa. Yeah. How are you? My life has been a real... Joy? I, I'm trying to think of something I can say aside from shit show because I've described yeah. it that way so many sure. times. It's been a real poop coaster. Real crap bag. <laughs> um, real sack of crap. Bananas. Oh, a sack of bananas. You go, know, sack of bananas. Because team banana. Yeah, because it's in plus. Yeah. It's just wild and crazy. Yeah, you sack know? of bananas. Like a sack of bananas. Oh, that would be a weird thing to receive. You'd get a bag <laughs> and you'd open it. And you'd be like, this bag is full of bananas. <laughs> All right. I know, exactly. I know exactly now. Yeah. I now exactly know. The state of your life. Thank you. Thankfully, my mom surprised us. and Well, actually, she didn't surprise us, but she was like, I'm coming. I'm coming to help you. And the funny thing is she's coming this coming weekend again to help out while we're in Portland. But it was like things were so bananas, you could say, that she decided to come and help out. So... Yeah, I'm like, on the one hand, I'm like way too tired to Ugh. go somewhere and perform. Sure. Sorry, guys. I am yeah. a mess. Yes. On the other hand, can't stay here. <laughs> must, must escape. Must escape. First chance I can get. Um, so you're welcome, Portland. Uh, this is the version of me that you will get to enjoy on Saturday night at Polaris Hall. Ooh, maybe we can make you cry. <laughs> We can hope. How are you, Biz? <laughs> I'm good. I am also very tired mm-hmm. and tired and tired. Mm-hmm. But when are we not? Isn't this the new normal? Are oh, we supposed to not just... be normal? No, <laughs> please just... don't. Please stop. This... Stop it right there. The numbness. <laughs> it's all I feel. But less of a sack of bananas, mm-hmm. more of like a sack of oranges. Mm. You kind of expect it when you open yeah. the bag. Yeah, because you can kind of tell. <laughs> yeah, you kind of know. That is. Yeah, if you, you feel that, shape. it's a round fruit. Yeah. Those are usually given in bags. Yeah. Bananas, not so <laughs> no. much. But I am excited about the trip, and I am going a day early to nice. just be in a hotel. So good. <laughs> So good. I love Portland. We used to go perform at Sketch Festival called the Best of the Best Sketch Fest that happened in Portland with my old sketch group, Meet. And it's where we met most of our dearest friends who we've had uh, ever since we started doing sketch comedy. And so I'm really excited to see some of those guys. And just to be back in Portland, I am looking forward to nice coffee and measles. (laughs) (laughs) anywho none of this that we're talking about this excitement about being in portland this saturday night at eight o'clock at polaris hall onebadmotherpodcast.com if you haven't gotten your tickets yet get your tickets we are going to be giving out some stuff oh yeah we're giving out we're going to give out some stuff this time it's going to be fun guys it's going to be fun speaking of giving stuff out 
giving stuff away, giveaways, I think that can somehow (laughs) tie in kind of nicely to what we're going to talk about today, whether we should give out honest answers or lies when our children ask us direct questions about their personality. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa, let's say your child comes up and asks you a question about perhaps their personality, their mannerisms, that sort of thing, and would like you to respond to that question. Mm-hmm. I actually should say I never expected this. these questions. Mm. This is a full-on surprise to me. Hmm. So when they come, I am always not at all sure what, like I'm stunned. Mm-hmm. by. And I'm going to give an example And, uh, you know, we're hinging on the how much do I share about (laughs) Katie Bell as she gets older. But I think this is, I think this still falls within a safe bound. And if not, sorry, Katie Bell. (laughs) You can tell all my secrets later. But she said to me the other day, we're sitting at the table, and she says, Mama, do you think I overreact? And... (laughs) The honest answer. First of all, I just can we just stop and acknowledge <laughs> how cute she is. Yeah, she's and, so yeah. like she's just so cute, and that's yeah, so mature. If yeah, I may refer yeah. to a past recent episode, like yeah, I just I, I love her. I but love go her on. so much. And yeah. she, I mean, you know, like I've got like I've got like, like Katie Bell is like already running for president. Yes, yes. <laughs> like so she's way. trying to like. Tamp down on well, these qualities that might be visible to others. So I don't know. Good... I don't know because I think it's more some kid at school's like. Oh. Oh, I have to. I mean, my guess oh, is yeah, some yeah, of yeah. her questions no, come from yeah. commentary. Sure, and the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. But she, she does overreact. She does yeah. in the sense of like, in general, but not in the sense of like stereotypical teenage massive like oh this is so unfair mm-hmm. overreaction. It's more like she sees things that are funny, like on TV, mm-hmm. and then she uses those when she reacts. So, like, mm-hmm. she might go, oh, and faint. So she's or, dramatic. She's dramatic. I think she is, yeah. Performatively I, dramatic. Yeah, performatively. It's less res- that she's, like, feeling it. It's yeah. more that she's Performing, performing it. it. Yeah. Because she's not like dramatic, like yeah. drama. Yeah. The girls are all drama. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. She's more like, <laughs> it's like a million episodes of like Teen Titans Go right. or you know, whatever right. Nickelodeon show is out at that moment. So, and to be honest, that she just liked me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was just like yeah. that. Yeah. So I did, but I can also understand now uh-huh. as an adult uh-huh. how. That could be perceived uh-huh. by other people. As like maybe a little annoying or too something. Too much. Yeah, yeah. Too much. Okay. So this is, so she says this to me and I pause because I have no idea what to say. Yeah. And then my instinct kicks in and I say, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I say, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about it. She's like, I don't, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. Mm. And I was like, 
Well, you have big reactions sometimes, but they seem to be, and I, I commented a little bit about the performing thing, mm-hmm. and I said, and that's funny, mm-hmm. and yeah, sorry, you come from a family of people who always mm-hmm. want to be funny. And I was mm-hmm. like, that, I mean, I, re, I know that I was that kid who was like, oh, you're like big mm-hmm. and over the top with my reactions, and I don't think my parents ever said, you're being over the top. Mm-hmm. And I just went about my life thinking I was adorable. Yeah. <laughs> Which you probably were. Well, I'm sure that I was. Can I just can I just say, like, I know you're not asking for this, sure. but I just want to say, like, I just think it's, like, I know we're going to talk about yeah. lying. Yeah. Because, like, you basically just said that no. you do think she overreacts, yeah. but you said no to her. Right. But what I what I really like about what you did is that you you just like validated her. You gave her a chance to share her opinion, and then you basically said, "Well, if you do, yeah, I'm not saying you do, but if you do, that's because you belong here, right? Like, and that's just <laughs> such a nice that's just such a nice little gift mm. to her because you're basically giving her like a safe out. Yeah, like you're saying, well, I think the way you are is great, and yeah. if you're not sure about that, well, at least, like, you know you fit in in our family because you come from this family and this is how we are. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? No, I do. And it's, but it's also because of, uh, I think, where I stew later at night, you know, when I'm thinking about these questions, because it's just one of several personality-based, do you think I do this? Am I this? Right? Mm -hmm. As well as things that we just notice that we personally would like her to stop. Yeah. (laughs) Just because we don't like it. Yeah. I wonder how honest I should be about those. Are, and I know the answer is just let her fucking live her life. Yeah. And she'll figure it out herself just like I did. Yeah. I was a miserable little kid, you know? And I don't mean like I was sad. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was a boss. <laughs> People didn't like that. <laughs> and so when I tell Katie Bell, she's like, somebody called me bossy. I'm just like, good. Somebody's yeah. got to be the boss. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess lying... Or not being 100% truthful about my own personal opinion Mm -hmm. is better in that situation? I don't know. Your children probably never ask you such questions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so do you want a a version of this story from my Yes. Okay. I would like to feel normal. Yeah, so this is kind of different, but just the other day, like, Grace has been going through some sort of existential things, (laughs) and the other day she said to me, she said, Mommy, am I exactly the child you expected? God. I know. Hey, I'm totally I know. Sad. I know. And um, <laughs> sorry. I have to stop because yeah. she is so profound. I know. And that is, that can be like, to me, that would I be know. so unsettling to have a kid that it's profound. So, and it's so perceptive. It's so perceptive. Because yeah. basically, like, I'm sitting here and I'm like, how do I answer this? Because yeah. number one, the true answer and yeah. probably what led her to ask that question is there's no way in the world that I could ever have imagined no. such a child as her. <laughs> like, I just, I mean, I know, she blows my mind. Yeah. But I don't, I didn't want to say that to her. Right. I didn't want to say I could never have imagined you. Because right. to me, I think at her age, she's seven and a half and she's sensitive. And like yeah. I said, you know, she's, she has her challenges and to me, the feeling that, like, she is a surprise to me, the person that she is, or or even saying something like, 
you're just so different from me. I could never have a mat. Like, I just, you're not the child. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. To me, that is, there is a way that that could hurt her feelings, basically. That she couldn't maybe understand. And even if I were to say at the same time, and I would never change you for a million years. Right. You're exactly perfect. So what I thought to myself was, I've, yeah. Yes. Of course you're the child I expected. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, well, let's see. I can make this true. Yeah. I, I never knew. You never know who you're going to get, you right. know. And and I would never change her in a million years. And I have to think about how my language is going to right. be received. And I think that's actually pretty similar to what you yeah, did in no, your it situation. Because it's not that you're... It's not that you're like, okay, I need to lie to her now. Right. You're just like, the if I were just to just answer that point blank, yeah. that's not going to have, that's not going to be interpreted. It's not the, what they're in a, looking In a for. helpful way. Yeah. It's not going to help them to yeah. have that answer. Yeah. They are asking something. Yeah. But it's not what it is on the surface. No. Yeah, at all. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, Katie Bell has been going through... <laughs> She, I mean, she had, she's done this for like maybe a little over a year now. Every once in a while, she'll come in and she'll say, am I a prodigy? (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. She's so wonderful. And I say, Steph and I are like, well, uh, you know, probably, you know, now we've gotten into probably not. Yeah. Okay? But, you know, we, at the beginning, it was like, well, it's not that like, you know, prodigies tend to be really good at one thing. Yeah. It's discovered really early. And yeah. it's actually not that fun to be a prodigy. Yeah. And, you know, our new answer is it, it doesn't seem like you have found one specific yeah. thing. What we love about you is that you like so many yeah. different things. Yeah. And that is a, you know, a great life. Yeah. Right. But when I asked, I, I mentioned it to my therapist mm-hmm. like the first time she did it. And she brought up this really unique thing of saying, ah, she knows she's different somehow. And oh. she's looking for how do I, you how know, she I knows prodigy of this means for myself. this, yeah. right? And she is. Yeah. You know, she is. She's yeah. she's the kid who's like, I'm going to need you to stop doing that. Right? <laughs> like she's. Yeah. And so I try to take that and it helped me learn the idea. And it's a lot of like what Grace was asking you. It's not, am I a prodigy? Yeah. Am I the child you want? Yeah. Am I, it is. I am looking for validation yeah. as it's, to... Am I okay? Am I okay? Yeah. Do you love me? Yeah, am I okay? Me? Yeah. Am I special? Yeah. How am I supposed to find my place in the world? Yeah. But that can be hard to miss. I was missing it until I brought it up and had mm-hmm. somebody with training show me that, mm-hmm. right? Like we were... This is a little off topic, but I thought it was interesting. Stefan had been gone. He came back, and he brought both kids one item each. Mm -hmm. And he brought Ellis something really cool, but Ellis got really upset that it was just one thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our brains kind of go to the, I'm sorry. You know, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, you shouldn't expect things, blah, blah, blah. My therapist was like, some kids relate and regulate themselves with physical objects, and he may have missed Stefan and was like, you being gone that long is not worth one toy mm, to me. You yeah. being gone that long, yeah. I need some sort of physical thing yeah. to help me get over how long you were gone. That and I sense, yeah. I thought that was really interesting, yeah. too. doesn't mean Stephen should get him eight million right. things when he's gone. Yeah. But I was like, oh, this is 
a different understanding of of why they're saying stuff. And with the things like, am I overreactive? You know, do I overreact? You know, so-and-so called me a know-it-all. You know, like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, well, you do. Yeah. Somebody's got a know-it-all. You know, <laughs> but like I'm also, I also want to help navigate them into being aware of their their actions in the world. Right. Right. That, yeah, yeah, that might be construed as this. Yeah. I mean, we like the flip side of yeah. this, right, is just the the oblivious yes. parent who's just, oh, you're such a good boy. Right. Oh, you're such a, they're such a good kid. Oh, they're just, they're just, you know, and just constantly yeah. making excuses for behavior. They're just and an just excitable saying, boy. Yeah. Or just whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like just kind of glossing over everything. My kid is always right. My mm-hmm. kid is always perfect. And like being unable to see that, like our kids are perfect, but they all have challenges they need yeah. to work on. They every single every single human yeah. has a challenge they need to work on. Still working on plenty of them. Yes, me too. <laughs> me too. Yeah. So yeah, that's I think what we're trying to be yeah. careful about. But it's pretty obvious that in the scenarios we're talking yeah. about, that you're right. Where it's it's really just a request for like, am I okay? Like yeah. validate me. Am I okay? Because when they go out in the world, I mean, I'm sure. You know, for example, with Katie Bell, she's getting the, like, you know, responses where people are saying things to her or pointing out her personality, Mm -hmm. you know. And, of course, because it's Katie Bell, that's just not something she would have done Uh to show. It's, like, such a foreign concept for her. And so she does have to come home and be like, am I all right? Sure. Right? And and I think it's, yeah, I, I think it's the validation. I also think... It doesn't mean we don't have responsibility in helping them navigate it some or understand that it's fine if this is, you know, who you are and how you want to be out in the world and all this. Understand some people might react differently in different ways, mm-hmm. and you'll have to decide if, you know, how you are with that. Yeah. You know, like I always try and do this thing with her where I'm like, look, there have been lots of things I've wanted to work on in my life, not for other people, but for myself yeah. in terms of how I am out in the world. Yeah. And I always have a chance to do that. And, you know, we go out, we try things, we, you know, react certain ways, we do certain things. And if it makes us feel good, we'll keep doing it. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't, we can change those things. Yeah. Oh, I think it also is true that we just shouldn't keep talking to our kids like they're One Bad Mother is supported in part by Grove.co, which is America's largest independent natural product company. They are dedicated to making shopping for natural, eco-friendly products from top brands easy. And it is easy. I just made the switch from dryer sheets to dryer balls, and I have been having a ball. Plus, as a B Corp, which is a new kind of business that balances purpose and profit, they are legally required to consider the impact of their decisions on their workers, customers, suppliers, community, and the environment. So Grove.co, it's good for you, it's good for your home and the planet. Start right now and get a free $30 Mrs. Myers gift set at grove.co slash mother with your first order. This is a special offer for our listeners 
get a free $30 Mrs. Myers gift set at grove.co slash mother. Again, grove.co slash mother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. This is uh, (laughs) doing something I don't want to do, but I'm doing it. Curtis is two, and he talks a little bit but his speech is definitely delayed I mean he doesn't have a diagnosis but you can tell you can look on the internet pretty easily (laughs) and like see what they're supposed to be doing at a certain age and you know I know like I can tell I can tell he's doing great overall but I there was a period of time where I was willing to just listen to what people always say, which is, oh, everybody develops at their own pace and, right. every, you know, it'll be fine. And, you know, everyone's different. And this person didn't talk for a while, but then they just started speaking in complete sentences, which is what speaking everyone. Italian. Yeah, which is like what everyone says for right. some reason. Which is not what's going to happen. Like, that's just not, that's a really cute story. Yeah, that's probably not. If you're waiting for that to happen with your child. Um, (laughs) So I just, I I just kind of want to mention it because I think, you know, we also have two older kids and both of them have their own therapies that they do. And it was really going to be easier for me to look the other way from this. But we have a chance right now while he's still young to kind of get him evaluated and see if we can help him along Jack. a little bit. So we have his first evaluation tomorrow. And I, I just I feel really good about yeah. like like the doctor was basically like she didn't spend enough time with him to know, but she was like, whatever you think, if you think he needs one. Yeah. So I like kind of slept on it for a couple nights and talked to Jesse and then I was like, okay, this is one of those things that's just gonna be up to me. Like nobody's yep. gonna come to me and say, You must take this child that in is right. for this. Like I just have to do it and it wasn't fun, but I'm gonna do it and it's gonna be okay. And You yeah. are doing such a great job. Thanks, Biz. That That is genius. Because that's one of those ones, yeah, you're right. No one wants to do it. No. It's much easier to look the other way. Yes. Much easier. Yes. Good job taking the hard Thank way you. out. Thanks, Biz. <laughs> I, <laughs> I got ahead of my resentment with Stefan. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Instead of letting it fester so good. for too long, I only let it fester a little bit. <laughs> and, and so, you know. Let's have the discussion. Yeah. He's like, about what? I'm like, you cannot sense, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. you know, lightning beams coming out of me. And but I prefaced it with, I don't have a solution for this. This is just how I feel. Yeah. Feel like a fucking 1950s prisoner. Yeah. You know, right? Like, yeah. So that's so good. Yeah. We just got it again. I'm not sure I necessarily feel any better. Uh I just, I got it. I got it out. 
wouldn't it have been worse? Oh, it would have been way worse if I didn't. Don't you think it would have no. felt worse? Yes. No, yeah. I, I needed yeah. to get it out before it, it festered. It fix it. Because the problem but, is sometimes yeah. you say, well, I don't want to say anything until I have the solution. Right. But right. I didn't have a solution. Right. It's yeah. just maybe where yeah. we are for a while. Yeah, but he can carry it with yeah. you he can rather aware, than yeah. you carrying it alone. Exactly. Yep. So there you go. Good job. Thank you. For once, I finally have a genius call. Every other time I've called in, it's been a rant. But for once, I feel like I'm doing something great. Um, today, I needed to go get groceries, and my two, well, my soon-to-be two-year-old is having a party, and I needed the groceries for that as well. So instead of making it hard on myself and dragging in my two kids under two, um, I decided to do Kroger Click List, where you order it online and pick it up. And it costs like $5, and that is so worth it to pay that $5 and not have two screaming kiddos in the store. But that's not all. First, I placed an online order for Panera with a gift card. I got Christmas, and I went and picked up my food. But before that, I was able to leave the house early enough to go to Starbucks drive through first. So I got my coffee, my lunch, and I was able to eat my lunch while waiting for my groceries to be loaded in my car. So I feel like a genius for once. You are a genius. Such a genius. You are like the ultimate user of internet and things you need to do. You didn't just use them to make it easy. You used it to make it great for yourself. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Failures. Fail me, Teresa. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. I have so many fails now. <laughs> like, I just have so many yeah. fails, especially with the toddler. Like, I feel like his name keeps coming up in my <laughs> fails list. Poor guy. So, <laughs> this is just stupid, but I was just, I was at home with him a couple days ago, and the dishwasher was running, and he was like, we were playing on the floor. We were, like, drawing or something, and he had the wrong... He wanted to use a permanent marker, and I was like, no, 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 you can't use a permanent marker. Go and get one of your markers. They're up yeah. there on the dishwasher. Go and get it. And he's... And then I get distracted, so he goes off to do that, and then I get distracted by someone else or something, and I, <laughs> by the time I look back over, I've forgotten that I've given him this instruction. Yeah. And the dishwasher is running, and we have... a occasional history of him just going over and turning off the dishwasher in the middle of the cycle. Oh, yeah. Our dishwasher doesn't have one of those lock yeah. buttons where you can stop stop kids from doing that. <laughs> so he's going to the dishwasher, and I'm suddenly at a 10 emergency <gasps> level. No! Oh. I scream it because oh. I'm like, he's about to do it. Yeah. And then he turns and looks at me with this look like, what the f- Fuck, mom! <laughs> like I, and he goes like, duh, 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 or whatever, because right. he's like going for the marker, and then he, I realize as he, the look on his face is enough to tell yeah. me that was not what he was going to do. Right, and then I, of course, remember that I had just seconds Ugh. ago asked him to go get his marker, which he was doing. Yeah. Exactly oh. as I had asked him to you do. You are monster, I Teresa. Know. It was horrible. God, that's <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Because, okay. just so you know, yeah. if the dishwasher gets turned off mid-cycle, it's the apocalypse. Oh, I... That's why. <laughs> That's why it makes sense. 
It's the end of the world. It is. If that happens. Yes. That's why. I am so glad that after becoming parents, our ability to regulate ourselves <laughs> has become so much easier. Okay. So I, I've said it on the show before. I make love notes for the kids on paper towels, mm-hmm. you know, just for them to, to double Cute. something to wipe their hands with. They mm-hmm. never use it in the right. lunchboxes are fucking disgusting. <laughs> anyway... I made one for Katie Bell today, and I was doing, like, I don't know if you remember from, like, the 80s or when you were a kid, like, puffy kind of bubble letters, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? You're, like, really making it. i bubble letters. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, in my head, am really good yeah. at bubble oh, letters. Oh, that might be true So I did yeah. I, yeah. heart, yeah. and then a U, and, and the, there's... No way that that eye mm-hmm. doesn't look like a penis. Oh. I mean, it looks. It's definitely a penis. It's definitely yeah. a penis. Penis heart you. I, penis heart you. Yeah. And I still put it in her lunchbox. Uh-huh. Sure. And, you know, she's in third and fourth grade. I mean, that's like the kids are all yeah. the two she's eating lunch with. Yeah. Somebody might spot that. Yeah. And say it's a penis. Yeah, sure. So Totally. So don't do that. I, I shouldn't have done it, <laughs> but I did it. Uh-huh. And thanks to us now being on Instagram, oh, I'll yeah. share the penis picture with oh, you. Oh, Thank you. Later. Very good. Yes. So this is a fail. My three-year-old daughter is away this week with her grandma in Portland, and I've been sad and, you know, missing her. And today, Saturday, and I was like, okay, I'm off. I can go be an adult and go to the store and run my errands because normally I don't take my toddler to the store. We put an order in online and we do like this click list thing where we drive up and they just bring the groceries to me and I don't have to take her in the store and it's brilliant. But today I was like, I don't have her. I'll go to the store. I'll be an adult. I go in. I enjoy walking around, get all my groceries. I'm like, I'm an adult. I can even use the self-checkout. I don't need an adult to help check out my things because I'm not here watching my toddler. So I self-checkout, go to the car. And look down and realize I didn't pay for the milk. The two gallons of milk we buy every week because that's how much milk we go through. To go back in the store, pay for the milk, back to the car, drive home, pull into the driveway and realize I didn't buy pads. The one thing that I absolutely had to buy today, I didn't buy. So now I have to go back to the store. So that's my fail. Thank you for your show. It's amazing. You're doing a great job. This this hurts. I like that this is like the complete opposite of the genius. That I know. Somebody has made shopping work for them. Yeah. And you have not. Yes. You decided yeah. to try and go out and be a person <laughs> shopping uh, because you didn't have anybody with you. Yeah. And it failed miserably. Yeah. And and you even had a chance yeah. to admit that those are the worst fails. You had yeah. a chance. The universe gave you a chance it said, to go fix back. your fail before it go started. Back. You didn't pay but for the milk. do it. While you're there, <laughs> get some pads. <laughs> and so. So bad. It's so bad. I also, I also like the idea that she doesn't say pens, that she says pez. And that like the thing that she really needed was that candy. Pez. No, it's pads. Oh, pads. Pads. That's even worse. Yeah. Oh, that's worse. It's pads. And you were supposed to have an adult today. I... You have spent your whole day. At a grocery store, I am sure you feel relaxed. Goodbye. <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem.
One Bad Mother is supported in part by ChoreCheck. ChoreCheck is a chore management and allowance app. It makes it easy to track chores and pay allowance. It lets you assign and track chores so your kids can complete them and send them to you. Once approved, you can reward them with allowance. It's designed to help parents raise self-sufficient kids who know how to manage their own money. Try ChoreCheck Pay for a month at no cost. Plus, One Bad Mother listeners can use offer code EASY when they enroll in ChoreCheck Pay. They'll put five bucks on your kids' cards, maximum of three per family, when you order them. Either download the ChoreCheck app or go to ChoreCheck.com and use promo code EASY. Hey, Teresa, let's call someone today. Today, we are calling Janet Stickman, who is a professor of humanities at Napa Valley College. She is the author of Crushing Soft Rubies, a memoir, and Midnight Peaches, Two O'Clock Patients, a collection of essays, poems, and short stories on womanhood and the spirit. Stickman's essays have appeared in The Huffington Post, Mother Magazine, and more. Stickman is also the founder of the Black Leaders and Mentorship Program and an educator trainer with Acosta Educational Partnership. And we had Janet on, oh my gosh, it was in 2016, which makes me feel really old. Welcome back to the show, Janet. Oh, thank you so much, Biz, for having me back on. All right, Janet, before we get in to the book, I would like to ask you, even though we already kind of know, I would like to ask you who lives in your house just to see how things have changed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sure, sure. It's me, um, my husband, Sean, and our daughter. um, I I refer to her in the book as baby girl, so I think I'll I'll keep it that way as far as being on the air. And how old is she now? Um, she's 10 years old now, oh and gosh. she is soon to become 11 in just a few weeks. Oh, she's about to be a twain. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> I can't handle it. I cannot handle it. Um, all right. Well, let's, let's get into, into the book. In case anybody uh, has not heard it, you want to go back to episode 174, where we talk about these letters, these series of letters that you wrote, letters to Black parents visiting Earth which is now turned into a book, which is why we're having you back, because we want to talk more about it. But <laughs> for people who may not have heard it, tell us a little bit about, remind us why you started the, the letters. Yeah, I started uh, back in 2015, and it became a nice way to empty out my thoughts and feelings um, <laughs> on the paper about being a parent, uh, being a black mom of a black child, and some of the things that were heavy on my heart and things that my daughter was coming up against in school with classmates, with teachers, um, but just some of the things that were, you know, that I was experiencing at home um, and in just the general atmosphere with regards to the political climate and, you know, making sure that my daughter's heart and intelligence was was uh, protected given, you know, the, the prevalence of anti-blackness um, yeah. right now. So, yeah, yeah that's what uh, started. Well, what we talked about on our last interview was just one of the things about it being in this letter form is how it, it, you spoke about it giving you some distance from what I assume is lots of 
frustration and anger, you know, to really uh-huh. be able to get it down. And then, but it also allows the reader to also sort of be on the outside and and read this along with you, which is, I just thought was such a unique way to express these things. So you had the collection of letters and then you've put it into book form. And I guess I want to start with, you know, you started these letters three, four years ago. And I know that you revisited them some when they were reposted on Mother Magazine. But I was wondering, as you were putting the book together and you were revisiting them, uh, if you saw them differently or if they had new meaning what was that experience like? Hmm. Let's see. I think pieces like care, uh, yeah. you know, they definitely still remain timely. I noticed that a lot of the incidents uh, that had taken place since that particular piece was written, they definitely had shifted. There were even more incidents. And so I had the question, you know, do do I change? Do I add a more incidents that have happened or do I leave it as is? given the time period I initially uh, wrote it in. So I decided to leave it as is, um, as such, with the first five or six letters. Yeah. And that way, you know, the the reader can kind of um, walk with me um, mm-hmm. as the different events in my life and my child's life unfold against the backdrop of different things happening um, out in the, the, the social environment. So I, for the most part, kept things as is, but as I was reading and creating selections or uh, trying to figure out which selections would go where in the book, I noticed that it was, it was most certainly still relevant and it helped the book to stay real and, 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 and stay uh, fresh um, in terms of its necessity and making sure that people were able to stay connected to it. What letters did you feel you still needed to write when you were putting this together? Oh, Wow. Um, by the time... <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. some of these questions are like obvious, but I. <laughs> you mean after I finished the, the the first few letters from the blog? Yeah, definitely self care. That yes. was on the list. I had this I had this long list of pieces that I knew I still wanted to write but hadn't gotten to yet. And by the time I think around two thousand sixteen or seventeen, I had this list that included you know. Things on self-care, education, generational wealth was another big mm-hmm. one. Um, and what it meant to raise a mixed child. And then also make sure that I included some of the funny stories. I most certainly wanted to share these deep reflective moments and, um, and, and you know, the different conflicts that arose and struggles. But I also wanted to make sure I balanced it out with, you know, what were some of the funny moments that I want I want my daughter to remember and look back on and, and, and look at it with a certain level of fondness. And so, you know, toward the end of the book, I included a lot of these vignettes as if I was sharing with her directly uh, what I wanted her to remember. Oh, so, yeah. I, I was yeah. saving that for one of the last questions because I wanted to talk about the real <laughs> tearjerker that is the end of the book where, like, your last letter is, you know, you say this is my last letter and then you come back and you say, okay, actually, yeah. I, you know, there's this importance to having these, being able to look back and have these, like, memories of your your mom, right, of your parents. And, right, and right. you shared some of your own examples. And then you just... Kill that! You just 
can take it through all these great moments of your daughter from when she was like still in a stroller to older and they're yeah. so sweet like the song you used to sing her to bed every night and I yeah it's but it, it, it is a different thing than the letters and and I one of the things I really liked about it was the letters really talk to us a lot about how there is still this need in some people to look at our differences and to, you know, make those have some sort of importance in a way that is not good. Mm-hmm. And the end of the book with these notes to your daughter and these memories took me to this completely other place of my own child, my own, my own children, and, and just that, you know, a reminder that at our core, we are exactly the same in loving our children and wanting them to have these memories. And I I guess I want to talk a little bit, dig a little deeper into why you decided to put that in at the end of of this book. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I wanted, I knew that in the first, what was it, 17 uh, letters or so, it was, you know, me speaking directly to parents and using language that that black parents would understand, you know, in terms of the different social injustices that um, our children would would face um, and how heart-wrenching that is. You know, only toward the end when I was compiling the letters and reading them all the way through that I noticed, you know what, this is very much directed to the adult and, and leaning more toward struggle, which most certainly was important, and I wanted to make sure that that came across. But, you know, when I think, as I mentioned in the very last letter, um, A Dear Baby Girl, I was posed with the question um, from a a student when I was doing a talk, you know, have you shared these letters with your daughter? And my answer was no. And I had to sit with that. And, you know, ultimately, she has her own copy, and and she she hasn't read it yet. She's waiting to finish one of her other books until... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but uh, I wanted to make sure that she had a chance to you know, read it, and I wanted to make sure that I had an impression of what she thought. But I also wanted to leave her with a set of pieces that imagine myself maybe being 70, 80 years old, you know, speaking to her as a 20-year-old and saying, you know what I remember? You know what one of my favorite moments were when you were a baby? It was back when. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was what I had in mind when I was writing those pieces. You know, the things that really lit up my 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 eyes and my heart, you know, when I would look at her, you know, when she would play around in the playground, how much I was inspired by her and, you know, what were the funny, silly things that she did. So I think when looking at the vignettes there, I think there is... Um, this common thread that folks, whether they be of African-American background or of other ethnic backgrounds, they can see this common thread between themselves and black parents in terms of parenthood, you know, this universal, you know, way of wanting to be there, be present, have fun with our children and, and, and make sure that they're loved and protected. And at the same time, there's still also this uniqueness that is <laughs> that is influenced <laughs> uh, by the interruption of anti-blackness that ends yeah. up seeping into into our lives and how we respond to it and what we have done to make sure that she's not so much sheltered um, from it, but is equipped with 
a certain set of tools so that she can still navigate through her life and, and pull these giant pieces of joy from her journey from her childhood on through her adulthood. And that's, you know, ultimately what I wanted to get across. I think in there, I may have also talked about, if I remember correctly, Audre Lorde. And the, the Audre Lorde, I'm talking about, you know, the value of, of anger mm-hmm. for young Black women, that it's something that you can harness and, and use in a constructive way. And I think earlier, if I remember correctly, I think in the race, the raising a, a mixed child piece, um, I talk about Audre Lorde again and her view on, on difference. And uh, you know, sometimes this pressure to view difference as something that could be potentially divisive, that could threaten unity, whereas you know, if we push for sameness, that that's going to be that thing that would create unity. And I want to kind of disrupt that. I think there are yeah. you know, various disruptions <laughs> through the book that you know, kind of challenge us to say, you know what, yes, there are these common threads. But, you know, there's, there's some uniqueness to a black parenthood and it doesn't need to, it doesn't mean that, that it threatens our ability to be connected with each other across racial and ethnic lines. It just requires, you know, some understanding and some, some time and some, some recognition. It's so funny. One of my other questions was wanting to talk about what you referred to as the fifth dimension in that chapter, in chapter 15, raising a mixed child. And I, I thought this idea of the fifth dimension, and I, I want you to talk about it, was such a, a great I, idea and a great way to, to sort of look at all the different, you know, parts of us. So can, yeah. you, can you talk a little bit about just specifically the fifth dimension and what you meant by that? Yeah, definitely. So I identify as a biracial woman, um, as Black Apina, as African-American and Filipino-American, and my daughter being uh, four things, being African-American, Filipino-American, and Puerto Rican and Jamaican. And so throughout that piece, um, I talk about the importance of wanting to make sure she remains connected to her ancestral lineage on all four sides, but also recognize that she is multiracial, and that is an identity in and of itself where she's straddling these four different worlds. So she is occupying a middle and in-between space when it comes to these four, four worlds. And um, I call that the, the fifth dimension. <laughs> and, you know, I was drawing from, you know, one, my experience being biracial. So for me, I'm just straddling two worlds. You know, when I talk to other friends of mine, you know, from who are also mixed race, you know, they often talk about being in this in-between space. When I think about her, you know, she will have an additional challenge of having to spread herself out between four heritages in terms of wanting to remain connected to all four. And that's what I, I really thought was important in, in, in raising, this, this, uh, raising up this idea of the, the fifth dimension for her, that it is a beautiful space. It, you know, though it will require time and energy to make sure she devotes some playful time in <laughs> trying to figure out who she is, but also some serious time when it comes to dipping back into her history and, and, and drawing from that to give her some meaning in, in the here and now. And so that was something that I thought would be maybe a source of strength, um, a source of creativity. I wanted her to walk away viewing her 
multiraciality as a beautiful thing, that she is the meeting place yeah. of all these different paths. And being that meeting place, you know, despite what others might say, mm-hmm. you know, she's no walking contradiction. You know, she is, you know, this living, breathing, you know, creative <laughs> being at the center of all of this. And yeah, really, um, so she's like yeah. a center of possibility. Yeah, I loved so. the idea of, you know, turning it on its head and saying you are you are the connection. You are, you know, all of these things. And, you know, and I, part of the that letter also involved people are going to try and pigeonhole you and want you to pigeonhole yourself, you know, on right. any one of these ethnicities. Right. And you don't have yeah. to do that. And I, you know, which is a kind thing to tell somebody because we want to pigeonhole ourselves so bad all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this, that was a tough one because I wanted to, (laughs) there was a part of me that wanted to make sure that she was reminded that she can always, that she's all four of these and that, you know, despite the fact that people would you know, challenge her on her authenticity, you know, yeah. are you black enough, are you Filipino enough, you know, are you Puerto Rican, Jamaican enough, et cetera, that at the same time, she, you know, can say, yes, she is all four of these, she's everything in between. She doesn't have to just choose one single ethnicity in the moment. However, <laughs> at the same time, I think there was another piece in there that I do uh, make it clear to her that we want to make sure that she has a strong sense of her African-American background, Mm -hmm. um, because I think I use the phrase, you know, at the end of the day, this is the one thing that ends up being a source of curiosity and and hate when it comes to not only the white mainstream, but sometimes some of the uh, other ethnic groups. And so... Yeah, it was a bit of a tightrope walk, but yeah. I wanted to communicate that 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 both and aspect. All right, last question, and uh-huh. that is well, I actually have multiple more questions, but <laughs> no problem. This is time. great. No, thank you. Are there any more letters you feel you need to write? Do you or do you, like do you feel now that you've done this sort of process, and the world keeps continuing? <laughs> And like, yeah. I, you know, are there, do you find you need the letters anymore, that there's more you want to write or that it's, you're going to focus a different way? I, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I know, I'm I sure. Think, <laughs> um, I can, I can picture a, a part two to this book. Yeah. And I think part of that will be dictated by, you know, what her. Uh, middle school and her high school years look like. Um, I imagine. <laughs> I imagine <laughs> because you know, I, I her being you know just ten. You know, there's a you know focus on just early childhood mm-hmm. and and what I'm experiencing as a mom mm-hmm. just ten years into it. Yes, and so I. <laughs> remember, I think it was in the educational tips, there was a footnote in there saying, you know, this is what I have in mind, but we'll see how this changes, yeah. you know, a few years <laughs> from now, because I want, I wanted folks to realize, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm not trying to pretend I know yeah. from direct experience what those adolescent years will, will look like really? in terms of how I need to be present with her, because perhaps the things that uh, are working for her right now may not work in middle school and high school. So I can certainly see 
some letters on how to be present, you know, to my daughter during her uh, adolescent years. I can see that being one letter or perhaps maybe two that or three. That sounds like multiple letters. <laughs> um, right. That sounds like multiple letters that I will want yeah, yeah. right away because I got the nine-year-old and we're all there. We're all yeah. in it. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I think that's definitely a topic that would come up if there were a second uh, volume or yeah. uh, a second part to this book. I think there may, I imagine that my uh, letters on self-care uh, may look a little bit differently as well. Yeah. And depending on how I develop and, you know, what shifts for me in terms of my interests and, and what I need to take care of, you know, to remain satisfied and alive and all these sorts of things and, and, and feel like I have a purpose. I imagine there might be some, some changes there that could yeah. be included. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah, you know, we yeah. never think about our self-care needs needing to change. And I think yeah. we can get, I, I'm going to say we, I find myself often <laughs> stuck saying, why am I not, why is this not working anymore? It's because right. that's not the need that needs to be filled anymore. And so right. I think that would be a, a very insightful set of letters. All right, Janet, thank you so much for joining us. And and the, the book is out now. I'm so glad you got these all into one place. Again, the book is called uh, To Black Parents Visiting Earth. We'll link everybody up on how they can get their own copy and how to follow you on Twitter and all of those wonderful things. I, I, I love the book and I love the letters. Thank you so much for joining us. All right. Thank you so much, Biz. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, well I, we might even talk again soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. All right. Bye-bye. It's always a pleasure. Oh, yes. Thank I know. you so much. Bye-bye. I'm Joe Firestone. And I'm Manolo Moreno. And we're the hosts of Dr. Game Show, which is a podcast where we play games submitted by listeners, regardless of quality or content, with in-studio guests and callers from all over the world. And you can win a custom a magnet. A custom magnet. Subscribe now to make sure you get our next episode. What's an example of a game, Manolo? Pokemon or medication. How do you play that? You have to guess if something's a Pokemon name or a Medi- medication. medication. First-time listener, if you want to listen to episode highlights and also know how to participate follow dr game show on facebook instagram and twitter we'd love to hear from you it's really fun for the whole family we'll be every other wednesday starting march 13th and we're coming to max fun snorlax pokemon yes nice is there a dog in a car at a bar on the street Yay! I'm Allegra Ringo, a small dog owner. My dog Pistachio howls when she's excited. And I'm Renee Culvert, a big dog owner. My dog Tugboat tips over when he's sleepy. And we co-host a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog that airs every Tuesday. We bring you all things dog. Yes, dog news, dog tech, dogs we met this week. We also have pretty famous guests on Butt Legs. We're not going to let them talk about their projects. No. Just want to hear about those dogs. We don't want to hear about your stuff, only your dogs. So join us every Tuesday on Max Fun. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad we had her back. Me, too. I am so glad she put all of those letters and new things in one place for us. Now, everybody, buy the book. Go buy the book. (laughs) For real. Speaking of for real, 
Let us have a very for real moment by listening to Mom have a breakdown. This is a rant, or maybe more of a whinge than a rant. My husband and I definitely do want to have children at some point. We've been married two and a half years, and it's definitely all being well in our future. And we've had conversations about it, and it just seems like whenever I want, kind of want to get on with it, he doesn't, and vice versa. And I just... I just don't know when is the right time or whenever I'm going to feel fully fully ready. I mean, I know, what there's, I know you never feel fully ready. There's never a perfect time. And people say, oh, you know, it happens when it happens. Well, it'll happen, you know, hopefully when I decide to come off the pill. Right. And I don't know when that's going to be. I can't imagine not taking it, but I do kind of want to get pregnant I mean this is because I mean there are two people who I work with who are halfway through their pregnancy someone came in today after the Christmas break and she's like she's pregnant in the very early stages of pregnancy and I kind of feel like I'm surrounded by it and I'm just so confused and conflicted and part of me part of me really wants to like get going and get pregnant and like be in the having a baby club and the other part of me wants to like leave it five years and I know I mean there is I'm not really in a rush I don't have to be I'm in you know I'm in the lucky position that I can essentially choose when to have a baby I mean I I'm just I'm just assuming that my fertility is you know fine and so is my husband's I I I don't even know so anyway thank you for letting me rant oh and I should add that I'm not under no one's really pressuring me. No one at work is saying, oh, it's you next. No, my family aren't. My friends aren't. So really, what am I What am I worrying about? Why can't I just enjoy this time in my life? Why am I constantly wound up about the next stage and whether it's the right time and whether I'm doing my life right? <sighs> Thank you. Goodbye. I don't know. I love this. <laughs> So much. This is this was like she just laid out everything yeah. I, everybody's ever been through. Ever is a person on this planet who has wants to maybe have children. Yeah, <laughs> is it the right time? Is it not? I really liked her being surrounded by pregnancy. Yeah, me too. At where she is, yeah. that's real. Yeah, that, and it does affect you. Yeah, like. Yes. I mean, at a certain point, biology is talking to our brains. Yeah. And like being around pregnant people <laughs> turns can, that up. Yeah. It yeah. really can. But I, I just, I relate so much. Yeah. It's so hard not to give advice. Are you no. feeling that? Right yeah. Now? I don't, I'm actually, I'm like des- I like have so many things I want to say, but I don't want to say anything. I don't want to say anything either. Yeah. I just want to say yeah. that you're doing an amazing job yeah. and you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Oh God! <laughs> okay, no, I'm not gonna do that. No, no, I liked it. Yeah, I liked awful. it. It's just that, I yeah, know. it just doesn't help it's anything. It's just really hard. Like you, you can't control your brain. Yeah, and you're, you're just, you, you'll, you'll figure it out. Yeah, this is you'll one of those places yeah. Yeah. in life. Yeah, that nobody can say anything to you. Yeah, about it. Yeah, at all. Yeah, but I do, I will say I can relate Late. to the part about 
why can't I just enjoy this yeah. time rather than just like thinking about a baby all the time? I agree. Like that, I definitely was there. I was, yeah. that was, and that was my, that was me just wanting to have a baby. I just couldn't help. Like I just yeah. wanted to. So it's kind of impossible to turn that. For me, it was impossible to turn that off. Yeah. Like once that was there, I couldn't really turn that off. Yes. This is a relatable rant, not a, we have, there's anything to no. help. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're just yeah. you're just doing it. Yeah, you're doing it. You're doing it. <laughs> God love you. <laughs> Teresa, what did we learn today? We learned that lying to our children is a good thing in terms of their budding confidence. Is that know what we learned? Or, I think so. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah. And and maybe we should be listening to their questions to decide what they're really asking. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not really lying. We also learned that we're excited about coming to Portland. Yep. And we are also excited to have Janet Stickman back on. And everybody should go again, check out that book, Letters to Black Parents Visiting Earth. Yay! Everybody, you're doing a wonderful job. Such a good job, guys. It is multi-level shit. It really is. It is a sack of bananas out there. It is a sack of bananas. And you're doing a good job job yeah. with those bananas. You are. We see you. Yeah. Teresa, yeah. you are doing a good job. Thanks, Biz. So are you. Thank you. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. We'd like to thank Max Bunn, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.